Good morning, guys. Welcome to this episode of Happiness After Codependency. I'm Marshall Bircher. I'm your guide back to knowing, loving, trusting yourself and living who you are. Been quiet for a little while because I myself have been on, kind of, well, not kind of, an actual internal journey, an emotional journey in my own healing, my own reclaiming of myself from my own codependency because, hey, I'm on the same road you guys are. I'm just down the road a few more miles. I can point out what the crazy chicken's doing, what what you could do with that, or you know, give you a heads up as to what might you might encounter on your journey back to yourself. So I'm excited to have you here. I'm grateful for your time and your attention. And today we're gonna jump into a topic that emerged for me over the last little bit. And now I don't even see the description of it, but YouTube and or Facebook and their changes. We're going to explore the fear of what they might do if we don't please and appease them. This is a core motivator of codependency. And it's one of the deeper ones that take a little bit of time and work to dismantle. So we're going to explore that today. But before we do that, I'm going to get this shared out to the community here real quick. Because the community is your safe haven here on the internet where you can find tools, support, and guidance in your journey out of codependency and back into self-trust, back into self-love, and basically knowing, loving, and living who you are. So that link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast, come join us. You can just go to freetheself.com. That's www.freetheself.com. And you can click on the community link above and join us there. Also, guys, if you don't know that, I do have a podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts Google podcasts and spotify just look up happiness after codependency and boom there i am okay so let's get this shared out here i'm just gonna click a button here or two or three you know how it goes also if you are on uh youtube hit that subscribe button hit that bell because i'm producing i produce uh, trainings weekly and uh be releasing some new tools and fun things like that to assist you guys in your journey Back to yourself. So here we go. All right. So core motivator of codependency. And that fear of what they'll do if we don't please and appease them. That's When we look at codependency from, from a nervous system's regulation angle or trauma, we're really looking at a fawn response. So the body has four options when it encounters a threat. Option number one is to try to fight it and kill it. Can I defeat it? So if the body believes that, hey, I can overpower this thing and neutralize this threat, it's going to choose fight stance. But if the brain, the amygdala specifically, doesn't think it can accomplish that, then it's going to try to run or evade or flee that threat. So that's where our flight response comes from. Now, if it can't do either of those, it's going to attempt to appease and please this threat. And that's called a fawn response. The idea here is, is if I can make the threat like me, it won't harm me. It'll leave me alone. Now, if that doesn't occur, if it can't accomplish that, it moves into what's called a freeze response or collapse where it plays dead. It's like, okay, well. Just going to be dead, not going to be alive, not going to be, I'm not going to have needs, I'm not going to have feelings, I'm not going to ask for things, I'm going to become invisible, now leave me alone. Codependency is a result of a, a freeze fawn loop where we freeze and hide, 
fawn and appease. And sometimes we'll, we'll advocate, we'll get into a little fight or a little flea, but dominantly it's driven by that, that uh, freeze fawn loop where we're trying to please them and appease them or just be invisible so we don't get this kind of attention, this heat, this impact we get from them when we have a need or a want or a feeling or we dare to take up space or exist or we don't actually please them. And that's really what points to this core motivator of codependency is the fear of what they'll do if we don't appease and please them. So in my own experience with this, it's highly physical, somatic, because this was in, engineered very early on in my existence. I suspect probably in utero with some of the things that have come up. Where it shows up here is right here in my sternum, just right there, right where a lot of people would look at as your power center, solar plexus, which is very interesting because if you look at it from that angle, you're looking at this expression of how you control your power and how it's manipulated for other people's well uh, benefit or intention, right? And this is one of those secret little factors that play in this. So if I don't appease and please them, with my power, with my choice and action, my capability. If I don't regulate their emotions, what happens? That's what we fear because that fear is very legitimate. I mean, a simple withdrawing of love, presence, attention, and approval from a parent can terrify a child. That alone puts the child into a state of conflict with themselves. They're like, oh, that's not okay to do or be or want or have or feel. I got to do something about that. There's something wrong with me. I have to divorce myself from this. This is a problem. A big problem. And we think the child looks at themselves as the problem. They're like, shit, what do I do? And from there comes the please and appease response. Because the please and appease response doesn't happen before. It happens in response to the th sensation of threat to our well-being. Oh, if they're going to withdraw and pull away their love and their approval and their attention, what else is on the table? What else could happen here? And if I don't have that love and that approval and attention, what happens to me? So the body responds with this please and appease response, this fawn response, in order to secure its three primary necessities. Sense of safety, and in that safety is that shelter, food, water, you know, physical shelter, protection. Emotional needs, meeting the fundamental needs we have emotionally, physically, mentally, intellectually. A sense of connection, belonging in the world. We, we are like, where do I belong and how do I belong? And there's technically a fourth one, and that is our identity. Our sense of self is immersed in this. And those four needs then motivate the brain to become what we term codependent. Hey, I'm going to please you. So that you'll maintain love and attention and presence with me so I can survive. 
unless it's engineered really deeply, really early on in our world, this shows up as this automatic impulse to do something that gets someone's approval and then we feel safe. We think, ah, I'm succeeding. I'm, 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 I am winning here. I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing to get love. I'm being the right person. I'm doing the right thing. I'm showing up the ideal way. It's all motivated from this fear of what they'll do. Because we really, we, we know what they have done and we're scared, rightfully so, of what else they might do. Because for a child, abandonment is the biggest threat. Because how do you survive? So the child is literally at a very primal level wrestling with how do I survive this? How can I guarantee my survival with this environment I am dealing with? This is why it's so profoundly difficult to exit codependency for many of us, especially if we deal with the big result from this, which should be trauma bonding. This is why we wrestle a lot with what is the right thing to do and why being occupied in our own space, our own autonomy, personal sovereignty, a right to take up space as we are, can be very scary because our primal needs have been connected to this fear rather than being connected to a sense of safety, a sense of, of reliable care for ourselves. And this is that exit from codependency moves us into this reliable care, starting with ourselves. And at the foundation of this is self-trust. And th there's a loop here, because self-trust has to be developed by, you know, acknowledging, legitimizing, and integrating the reality of our needs and wants, and then putting into an action that supports it. So we're building this, this trust with ourselves. And then that expands self-trust, which loops it back around that way. And but that fundamental regulator of self-trust is essential to undoing this core fear. What will they do if I don't please and appease them? And it's a lot of this is an internal work with this young aspect or several young aspects of yourself that have been locked in this fear and helping them discover that they have survived. It worked. The codependency worked. We got through this. And now we can stop doing that and we can start to learn to do something else that where enables us to get our needs met in a healthy way. So those four needs of safety, identity, primary needs, connection, those can be met through self-respect, through consensual, loving connection with others. That's a big journey, big journey. But that's the step out of that response. So rather than, okay, I, I, I still need to fear their response, it's more like, their response tells me where they belong in my life. Because what's going on in that shift is we are occupying our adult authority over ourselves, our adult maturity, this aspect of I have power now in my life 
to take care of myself. So my dependency on their approval, their their um, regulated state is no longer. I don't need them anymore to survive. I can do that for myself. This is where we really, at a very deep somatic level, decouple from that fear, decouple from those individuals whom we had that fear with, and start to recouple, connect to ourselves. And in that, our personal power, our personal authority, our personal, personal capability taking care of ourselves. This gives us freedom from this core fear. That's the healing work. That's the retrieval of ourselves from that terror. Notice that it's a legitimate terror, guys. We feel that way because of what we've been through. I have this saying I, uh, I share a fair bit is that the emotional somatic experience a person has tells me their history. It tells me their experience. It tells me what they've been through. So this, this impulse, this like automatic reactive response or state to someone that says, I have to please them or they're not going to love me, is understandable because we are fearing the withdrawal of that where we are trying to avoid a consequence that at one point in our lives was extremely real and very scary for us. So I'm going to check out the comments here. So Pam says, I'm excited to hear what your topic is today. This is so what I need to hear. You're welcome. Hi, Annie. She says, me too. And then Pam says, but I do not want to be responsible for myself and my safety and happiness. I feel it's not fair that I have to do that for myself. Yeah. Now we're dealing with the other side of our child self, the child that wasn't raised, the child that had to raise themselves, the child that was neglected, and the resentment and bitterness that exists there, rightfully so, rightfully so. We had to raise ourselves. We had to figure things out that we shouldn't have had to been figuring out when we were children. We should have been out there playing a doing children things, building mud dams and playing, you know, just doing children things. But no, we had to take on adult responsibility for ourselves and for the other adult. We were parentified. We may have even gone through um, an emotional enmeshment where the parent used us to regulate them. Yeah, so this resentment, this, I don't want to take care of myself. I want to be taken care of. I want my chance to be a kid. That's what that is, is I want to be a kid. I want my chance to just relax and be a kid, to have that freedom. Because we didn't consent to the responsibility. It wasn't something that was brought into our world gradually as we matured, as we grew up. No, it was just like, hey, you do that again, and I'm going to take away this love. You have to please me. You should have known better. I mean, yeah, you were put into a dynamic where, well, let's see if I rephrase this. 
you had adult expectations placed on your child self. So that resentment makes sense. It's, it's a valid thing. That's one I've, I wrestled with that for like five years. There was a lot to move through there. And it's a rational thing. We weren't raised. We raised ourselves as best we could. And then we had to deal with the consequences of that too. Which some of us were or are still dealing with. Because we have to unlearn these habits and, and these orientations so that we can be available for a healthy uh, relating. To meet our needs in healthy ways. So yeah. <laughs> it's okay if we're if we're angry, if we're if we have resentment, if we have bitterness towards it. Those are not negative things. Those are signals of how we've had to survive and what it's cost us. So we can acknowledge it and we can apply legitimization to it. Yes, this is real. This is okay to feel. And I feel this way because I have had to do things that I didn't want to do, that I shouldn't have had to have done. Because other people didn't do their job. That's valid. We can let that take up some space. That begins to also heal this core fear of what they would do if we didn't please and appease them. Because we're restoring to ourselves our sovereignty, our power, our legitimacy. So in codependency, we have to we have to vacate ourselves. We have to delegitimize our reality, our experience, our feelings, our wants, our needs, our person. Because if we didn't, we were going to have a high degree of conflict and instability and fear and harm. Because again, being like being oneself doesn't please and appease them. It upsets them. So no wonder we're not going to be ourselves. No wonder. So this core fear, it's what we're working on. It's what we're navigating, working to understand and connect with and bring love and kindness and care to. Because this part of yourself isn't wrong. It's not bad. It didn't do anything wrong. It didn't earn this. Our job now is to bring space and love to it, care to it, like giving it permission to expand, to be known, to be loved, to be understood, to be valued. So I can check out the comments here. Hi, Laura. It's nice to see you. Speaking my truth here, Marshall. Thank you for having a safe space for people to realize, acknowledge, and work through the heal. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys for for allowing a space for me to share my own journey and contribute to your world. And Pam says, my fears are someone being angry at me and then abandoning me. Bingo. Yeah, because guess what? Dollars to donuts, that's happened to you. You advocated, you were yourself, and they left. They got angry and left. That is manipulation. That's harm. You didn't earn that. So today, if this is resonating with you, let's see if my body's giving me a signal here. Mr. Body. 
first thing is it's let's acknowledge it. Let's give it some light. This was real. This happened to you. The fear makes sense because it was real. Let yourself sit in that space for a little while. A little while can be days, could be months, it could be 10 minutes, doesn't matter. Let the light be on it for a little bit. And if that's overwhelming or activating, take a moment from it. Because that just tells us that your capacity was, was filled up, it was maxed. That's okay. Take a moment to just observe those sensations that show up with it. So it's like, oh, this is what's here in my chest and what's here in my stomach and my shoulder or whatever. Write them down and then step away from it for a bit. Because you don't have to constantly sit in the space. Little moments with it go a long way. Let's acknowledge it. Then let's share. I'll explore. Maybe we'll do it this way. And then tomorrow, we'll explore a little more of it through a process of legitimization. Let's just let it take up some space today. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for giving me a bit of your time, your trust, for allowing me to contribute to your world and to share my own with you. Go gently with yourselves. Ultimately, remember this as a truth, that you really, truly are worth being seen, loved, and known, valued for who you are. And it starts here. With acknowledging what we've been through, acknowledging what you've experienced personally, not just because someone else has a similar experience, your experience and its novelty deserves that light and acknowledgement. So I'll hold space with you there with that. I will see you guys in our next episode. Go gently.